You know the saying, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. It's true. These days, people are sick. There are loads of information about how to be healthy. They say, make sure to do this or that. And then in the same breath, you can hear other so sources cite the exact opposite. Now what? You want, we all want, the best chance of feeling good and living long, right? What people need is the latest science, studies, and statistics. And you can double check this for yourself. Today we have with us again, Dr. Eric Trias, here to help. Your job is to listen and do something. If you want, your choice. Dr. Eric is reputable. You have a medical school, family practice, 30 years at Twin Cities HMO, 12 years as a medical director, 17 years as a clinical professor of family practice, and retired in 2014. Here's the thing. He's not paid by St. Crispin or anyone, and he's not selling anything. He talks here and elsewhere, and this is his gift in his contribution for a better world. He would like to be seen as a healer, not clinician. So he is free and trying to help as many people as possible. He's even willing to talk to your group. Just reach out to St. Crispin and ask for the chaplain, and I will get you in contact. These five pillars are the foundation of being healthy. They are cheap, not expensive. It's not another pill. It's effective and simple, but you need to do the work and take the responsibility. These five pillars will give you your best chance of feeling good and living long. Who doesn't want that? Remember the first quote about being healthy. Here's the follow-up by the same author. We all have circumstances. Choose not to live in your circumstance, but live in your vision. What is your vision? Live it. So welcome back again, Dr. Eric. Thank you. It was a nice intro you gave us last week on the, the first session. And one of the main things that sticks with me is from the first session is this is our responsibility. And with us following the five pillars that you talk about, sleep, nutrition, exercise, relationship, and stress, 90% of dis-ease or disease and illness is either preventable or modifiable. So we're going to get into the first chunk that you want to dive into. And so I'd say, where do you want to start with today? And we'll just dive deep on this one and go slow so we can make sure to hit all the points that you'd like. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again for the opportunity. And I, I hope last week's session uh, piqued people's interest so they they will listen more and, and uh, hear what we have to say. Um, and yes, thank you. you. You mentioned the five pillars of health. And these pillars all have a, a physical basis that causes our body to either get, hit, uh, get healthy or disease if you if they're not followed, um, and so I I use nutrition as the first one of those topics to kind of describe the pathway why this works what is what is really happening you know why should I eat right and, and or eat junk food so to speak um, so I think I'm just going to start with nutrition as as this it is not necessarily more important but it does describe the fundamentals of why and how we become ill or stay healthy. And so when I talk about nutrition, it's more of a broader sense. It isn't talking about like how much calcium is in your broccoli or any of those types of things. Uh, because what you want to know is what you can do. What are, what are some steps you can do, you can do right today to, to make a difference? And so nutrition to me, and why I say nutrition, is 
It's what you put in your mouth, not just the food that you take in, but as we'll talk in a little bit, what goes along with the food, like pesticides, like hormones, like antibiotics from from our animal uh, foods. And so how do they impact? And as you probably can guess, they're not good. (laughs) So... So it's, I think hopefully it'll be revealing some of the stuff maybe you've heard before and, and hopefully a lot of it is new and, and will help you. So, so let's first talk about the concept of what's called the microbiome. This was the most difficult thing for me to wrap my head around when I first starting, uh, started studying about it. It took me about six months to really, and, and through reading almost every day about this, and there's well over 1,500 studies that really talk about how this works and and what I'm going to tell you about, um, and so the microbiome and it's it's really pretty revolutionary. So kind of hold on, um, the microbiome is the environment in your intestines, stomach, small intestines, large intestines. What is in there? And what is in there is the foods that you've eaten and the things that go along with your food, like we talked about before, but also your digestive enzymes, water, different liquids. But most importantly, bacteria and viruses and something called bacteriophages. But we're going to center on the bacteria that's in the colon. See, the problem is, and we used to think, I mean, even 200 years when Leon Hook came out with his microscope and started looking at things and looked at all these little crawly things in us on our skin or in our mouths, in our, in our colons, um, we thought until actually within the last 20 years that that was just innocuous. That was just a, a ride along, so to speak. That was just something that was there and had no impact on us. However, as we have all had experiences, whether it be the stomach flu, so to speak, or food poisoning, which is really something I've had it and I don't recommend it to anybody. And what it is, it, it's the, these somehow we got this bad bacteria or these viruses that interact with us and cause very violent reactions. Food poisoning, you know, it's hallmarked by both throwing up and having diarrhea in a very profound way. And you get weak, and sometimes people don't. If you, if you have previous illnesses, you may not make it. You wow. know, I mean, so, so they're profound. And so that is an example, why I bring that up, is that's an example where these bacteria emit chemicals that interact with us. But the good news is, There's also bacteria that emit chemicals that do good things for us. And that whole milieu is the microbiome. And so, yes, go ahead. Well, I'm kind of lost about what you're talking about so far. I know you're going to get to it, and we're going to try to put this in lay people terms. But the microbiome, for me, is I'm pretty clueless. I mean, completely. All I can think of that's ringing bells for me so far is when you're talking about the gut and your bacteria, and all I can see is... Jamie Lee Curtis sitting on the couch talking about yogurt, you know, because it's got yeah. this bacteria. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's right. In fact, yogurt is one of the things one should have on a regular basis. Good yogurt, not sugar fortified like what most American is. It's the Greek yogurt. It's a little bit bitter, but you can add things to it to make it better. But that that is one of the treatments to improve your microbiome. You're exactly right. So, okay. So since we're on the subject of yogurt then, so if people... Stay away from the sugar-fortified ones, or what about the low-fat ones? Because I know sometimes they say when they take out the fat, they're putting in a bunch 
of other chemicals. Fillers and such, yes. You know, you, you strike on something that we will talk about later, and that is good fats and bad fats. Okay. Um, the, the reality is we've been led astray with the whole concept of low fat, all that stuff. That is a lie. Don't do low fat anything. Don't do diet anything. Um, get whole foods. Whole, f- you know, I'm working my way up. I'm now up to two. I used to, from birth, I had skim milk. Um, I'm working my way up. It's taken a while. I'm doing two percent milk, uh, organic. You know, that we'll talk about that as well. And I okay. never used to be a believer, but I am a believer in organic. Okay. And so we need yes, yogurt. Get full fat. Nothing else in it. In fact, and I'll say this many times, read the label. If you can't pronounce it, don't buy it. What I've heard before from different presentations is that if we have food that's real, like you said, whole foods, our body knows how to deal with it. But if we have all these chemicals, our body doesn't know what to do with it. And that's why when we have all these additional additives and chemicals and all this kind of stuff, that's what can really mess up our body. Absolutely. It, it hijacks. Well, one of the things we talk about is hijacks the microbiome. Okay. So getting back to that, and there's lots of things to talk about in what you just asked about. So hopefully okay. we'll get into that and tease <laughs> that out as time goes forward. But um, the microbiome, um, they just studied, started doing studies on this stuff. Someone needed a project, I suppose, 20 years ago, and they started looking at these things. Well, lo and behold, they find out that to cut to the chase, there are good bacteria and there are bad bacteria. And so then they started looking at this ratio of good to bad, and they looked at different test subjects and kind of rated them. Are you you have a good ratio or you have a bad ratio? And then they looked at disease, and there was a close correlation, almost a one-one correlation, that if you had a good microbiome, you didn't have these series of illnesses. If you had a bad microbiome, you did. I mean, when we look at 100 years ago, so to speak, something called autoimmune disorders, okay, that's rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Sjogren's disease are, are some common ones, and, and those are related to an antibody response to our own system or to something, like celiac disease. We have to talk about gluten and everything. Well, that is kind of in the same category. It's a, it's a body's reaction to essentially an intruder that masquerades and makes us think that, like in rheumatoid arthritis, makes us think that our own joint tissue is foreign, so we mount antibodies against it. And, boy, this, these folks get ravaged. I'm, I'm so strong people, putting up with pain all the time. And so in my... In, in, in my description of this microbiome, th- this is what causes all that stuff, or at least contributes towards it. And so what happens with the good bacteria is they emit chemicals that go through the intestine and then interact positively with our system. But let's look at the bad microbiome, the bad ones, and what that happens, because that, that will take us through the journey to disease. And so... You get this bad bacteria in your in your colon, and it emits these chemicals, and we can measure some of them. One is called LPS or lipopolysaccharides. That actually, when you get into your system, you can measure a person how much they have, and you can see a correlation to disorders, a variety of disorders, not just one, many. Because what it does is an example of how your body becomes ill or injured because of these chemicals. And to me, and I sit back and I hear I'm talking about it, it's just this profound, how can this be? You know, how can something external to us be so impactful to our health or illness? But what happens then is these chemicals get released by these bacteria, and they are in this milieu of 
of the microbiome, and they rest up against the colon wall or intestinal wall, and they irritate it. They irritate it in two ways. One, and I, I liken the colon or intestinal wall to like a a well. So you get a well lined with bricks, nice rectangular bricks put in there by a, a good mason with good mortar all the way around it, but with an attack constantly. Every time you eat, there's this attack on that wall. So what happens over time is you get these nice rectangular bricks or intestinal cells. These cells become deformed. They're no longer nice and fit great in this other substance called the ground substance, or which is connective tissue, etc. They fit so nicely in there, but they don't do that anymore with this thing now called the leaky gut. Makes sense. You drew a good picture of that when you started to draw that picture in my mind. I was thinking. I remember you talked about leaky gut. And I was thinking, hey, that's leaky gut thing right there. There you go. So now I'm imagining people that are listening are saying. So tell me, so what am I supposed to be eating? Help I, I was going to ask the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's ways to to jumpstart it and make it healthier, quicker things like L-glutamine and, and different things you can do to do this faster. But simply put, what you can do now today is you can buy things differently. You know, when you think about it, everybody has habits. Some are good, some are bad. Eating is a habit. We buy in a certain way, and that's our habit. Well, if you, you if you have whole foods and essentially stick to the periphery of your grocery store, don't wander inside. That's the never-never land. Anything in the bag or a box is pretty much not going to be good for you. And like I say, read the labels. If something you can't pronounce, just unless it's a bacteria in your in your probiotic or in your in your yogurt. If you can't pronounce it, don't buy it. Preservatives are one of the things that are killing us. Things that are packaged in plastic, things that are, and if we store things in plastic in our freezer or fridge, that's not good. That stuff does rub off microscopically into our foods and cause problems. And so, you know, what we're talking about here is, is what you can take in and change this ratio of, of bad to good favoring a good microbiome that will then create this health picture. So number one, and a lot of it is stay away from things, but there are some things that you can do. The first thing is the uh, stay away from anything that hormones. Unfortunately, uh, uh, most uh, dairy products are loaded with, and, and chicken as well raised are loaded with hormones because they want them to grow faster. You know, there's this whole uh, debate between grass-fed and, and lot-fed beef, and we can talk about it at some point if you want, um, and that really fosters getting grass-fed, uh, getting organic, uh, staying away from non-organic foods and non-GMO foods. Do not People are not going to like this, living on farms and whatnot, but you don't want GMO food. There's more and more information coming out. And remember, it takes a long time to study something. You have, like prostate cancer, if you're going to study prostate cancer, it takes 25 years before you see any results of it. Well, who's got the money or time to wait around for, is this treatment working or not? You know, so, so it's tough. But the, in, the initial studies show, stay away from GM, GMO foods. So, so far, what I have for the foods to stay away is <clears throat> don't buy or house your food in plastic. Um, get stuff that's less or no preservatives. Buy stuff with no hormones, so if there's a choice for organic, um, and then no GMO foods. Sure. And, and, and to quickly go through the rest of the list, um, antibiotics kind of follow the hormones because uh, our, our, our dairy cows and, and feed cows and, and whatnot are all 
and chickens are given antibiotics because they they live longer. They do better with them. The problem is is that that goes in and it kills off the good bacteria. I mean, it's an antibiotic. It goes into our system. It kills our good bacteria and lets the bad bacteria grow. We don't want that. So antibiotics, no good. And, and physicians, providers as well, give a lot of antibiotics. So when you go in, you really have to wear, really, really need that antibiotic. Uh, and chances are they're going to say, well, no, but, you know, I want to get you better. And they're all good intentions, of course. Um, so stay away from uh, unnecessary antibiotics. They can be life-saving, of course, in the right settings. So I'm not downing all of them. Another one is, and this is, this is the one that, that I really, we're going to have, a, I'm sure, a whole segment on this. And that is carbohydrates, or simply put, sugars. Sugars feed the bad bacteria. And I'll, I'll go on to talk about multiple illnesses that are related to sugar. So stay away from sugars. So um, anything with pesticides, anything with, um, in fact, we're going to talk about this too in the future, and that's proton pump inhibitors or your, I can't say uh, names on board, but these are the ones that have been prescribed as acid blockers recently. Um, and those cause disruption. Anyway, so there's lots of things you can do for, for improving your microbiome. So thank you. Excellent. And then we'll... We'll take off from there at the next show. So with that, St. Crispin Living Community is changing, aging, in Red Wing.